Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's very important to feel safe where you live. That's obvious. So this is what you need to do. Listen up. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's a traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's there. But what's truly remarkable is you can set up the system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour, and there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home any moment, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today, and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Hey folks, what's happening? Welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. You can hit me up, fullcountchaos at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the good shit. I have a lot to go over today. A lot is starting to build up. The season's almost here, March 26th, opening day for the Orioles. You're excited, right? You're getting the the, uh, the, the giddy bubbles in your tummy? Maybe not. Some people are like, I don't know, I don't care, because they're going to be so bad. All right, everyone, just calm down. I'm going to be talking about, obviously, the Orioles today. It's an Orioles podcast, believe it or not. Uh, Pitching, offense, uh, a couple things. The Rule 5 guys, they're gone. Okay, goodbye. Michael Elias was like, nah, we're good. And what was kind of interesting, Brandon Bailey was in Houston organization when Michael Elias was there. So you'd think he would be familiar with him. He'd know what he was getting into with Brandon Bailey, but off he went. But from uh, the rumors are that he wants to get longer looks at guys like Wade LeBlanc and, and Tommy Malone is what I read about as well. So, uh, you know, we might jump into that. Got an angry email from a gentleman. His name's Shane. Uh, he's a big fan of spring training. And apparently I shit all over his happy party with spring training. He thought I was disrespecting spring training. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that's about. I was reading his email and I'm like, nah, you're wrong. But I'll go into that. Also, a uh, very kind gentleman, uh, his name is C. Kessinger. He writes for uh, Camden Chat, and uh, he wrote a very interesting article all about the odds of a batter hitting the warehouse in Camden Yards, and he used all the data, all the analytics that he could get. I really enjoyed reading that. I'm going to go over that. I, I think you'll enjoy it as well. Some interesting, fun facts. I'm picturing everybody right now listening to this episode in hazmat suits. This fucking coronavirus. 
I was 0% concerned about a week ago. And I'm a germ freak. I wash my hands like 100 times a day. I don't like touching anything in public. But for some reason, wasn't I wasn't freaking out about it like some people. And some people are concerned it's going to affect opening day, March 26th at Camden Yards. Although that would be more probably. <laughs> How many people, I'm assuming, are going to be at opening day? And it's probably going to be... 65, 70% Yankee fans there. They are, uh, the Orioles right now are just throwing everything out there on the radio, TV, tweets, Facebook, Instagram. Please show up. I know people are just going to walk up and get tickets. But I wasn't concerned about the coronavirus. Again, I hope you guys are all staying safe out there. You know, we keep hearing, if someone sneezes by you, tackle them with a blanket and call 911. It's like, what the, what the hell are you talking about? So what I decided to do the other night, Read about coronavirus. Get into it elbows deep, which was a bad, bad idea. Now I'm starting to build an underground tunnel in my basement with months worth of canned foods, thousand packs of ramen noodles. I'm freaking out. My wife's thinking, you know, what the hell's going on with you? I'm I'm shoveling deep holes in my basement. Come on, honey. Bring what you can carry. We got to get out of here. But the information I'm reading, look, as long as you wash your hands after you take a shit and don't lick public doorknobs, I think you'll be okay, which you should be doing anyway. You take a shit, you wipe your ass, wash your hands. I go into restaurants and and, uh, wherever I'm at, I see signs all over the place. Due to the coronavirus, please wash your hands. What the hell were people doing before the coronavirus? Wash your fucking hands, people. I think it's that, what, 11 have been tested in Maryland. I don't think there's anyone who has the coronavirus in Maryland. That's where I live. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm, I'm done reading about it. I'm going to stop. As I started reading it, I, I'm like, you know, oh, my throat feels itchy. feel like I'm getting a headache. Then I start coughing. I'm like, oh, shit, what was that? So I'm done. I'm done. You know, if I get it, I get it. If I get it, it's been a good run. <laughs> I don't know. Try not to freak out too much about it. But speaking of opening day, March 26, almost here. Talked about it last week. A guy by the name of Kevin sent in an email. He goes to opening day. Every chance he gets, he says he loves the free Chick-fil-A sandwiches. (laughs) You got to love free Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Oh, that fucking place. Boy, I've been addicted going there, catching myself. Like I'm like, man, this is the fifth day in a row I'm getting a chicken sandwich. I got to chill the fuck out. But are you going to put some money down on the Orioles? Why not? You know, put $20 down. You'll make 20 grand if they win the World Series. <laughs> it's a quick 20 grand. Although that's a quick $20 you're going to lose. If you're going to do that, just give me the $20. You know, I'll I'll put it to good use. But 1,001 odds of the Orioles winning this year. That and uh, I think Pittsburgh's right there as well. 1,001. Why not? If you got an extra five bucks, put it down. Fuck it. It's $5. If you win it. You're a happy, happy person. And one of the toughest things dealing with this rebuild, and I got to say, and, and I got a, uh, some harsh emails of saying this before because I didn't realize how many Nat fans tuned into the show, which I appreciate. A lot of them do have a sense of humor, but there's one or two <laughs> that didn't, they, they don't like how I shit on the Nats. You know, we're, we're all, we're all in this together. Okay. We live in the same state. Doesn't mean I'm rooting for your team there, big boy. I'm surrounded by them everywhere. They love seeing their big brother fail. They're taking advantage of it because we are their big brother. We beat them up. You know, we always spanked them around. They hated it. Now that we're doing bad, 
They love it. They're in my face all the time. Ha ha. You know, I wear an Orioles jersey. They walk by me in a Nats jersey. Oh, how does it feel? And they just keep walking. It's unbelievable. It's like, act like you've been there, douchebag. So I've been getting a lot of that. You know, I never gave them shit when we were winning all the time. I didn't. Uh, We didn't have any beef with them. We were more focused on the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Blue Jays. I don't ever remember hearing about the, oh, the Nats are coming into town. It's going to be a bloodbath between the fans. But now that they're winning, now that they've won it all, (laughs) the tables have turned. But again, I don't remember many fans fucking with the Nat fans. And they were never annoying until they won it all. Now I can't fucking stand them. And I know it sounds kind of harsh. If you're a Nationals fan, you tune into the show. Look, I'm just fucking around. I'm sure you're a good person. Or you're just having fun. We're all having fun, right? It's just a game, guys. By the way, before we dive into everything, I don't know if you have a Twitter account. If you don't, you should just make one to follow Jimmy Seafood Twitter. I don't know who is in charge with Jimmy Seafood Twitter account, but whoever it is, they really don't give a fuck if they hurt your feelings. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and this is a legitimate restaurant. They do great. People all over the country come in to eat at Jimmy Seafood. But whoever has the Twitter account, the password, man, they don't give a flying fuck what you think about them. <laughs> so last week they got into it with, who was it, Brent Harris from 105.7 The Fan. I don't follow him. I know who he is. I've seen him and heard him on the radio, seen him on the TV. And I guess he obviously wasn't familiar with Jimmy Seafood Twitter page because he showed up to a gunfight with a water balloon with nothing. It's because he didn't know he walked into a gunfight. If you attack Jimmy Seafood Twitter account, hey, I've warned you, you better tread lightly. (laughs) Be careful because this person does not care. And I guess Jimmy Seafood made a comment last week about people walking in five minutes before the kitchen closes to order food. And I can understand that. I've worked in the restaurant business many years ago. I know what a pain in the ass that is when people do that. And people did that all the time. And you know what? Those people were the biggest dicks that I would wait on because they already got the attitude of, hey, you're open. You're going to serve me. I don't care what time it is. Let's go. Some people respond with, well, you're open. If you're open, We can come in and have some food. It's called respect. You know how this works. You're not dumb. You come in five minutes before we close. You know you're kind of being an asshole, but you don't care, which makes you a bigger asshole. So Jimmy Seafood made a uh, comment about it, and then uh, Brent Harris, I guess, attacked him and said, hey, that's not very professional or or very respectful for running a business. Again, I don't think he knew a damn thing about Jimmy Seafood Twitter account. And then, boom! (laughs) (laughs) Brent Harris fell into a big pile of dog shit face first, and he got beat up. You got knocked the fuck out. So (laughs) that was fun. So if you're on Twitter, follow Jimmy Seafood. They don't care, and they do it all the time. They go after people. People go after them. They go after PETA, P-E-T-A, the people who don't like people eating fish and and, and, uh, cows or whatever. I don't know too much about them. Oh, another thing, real quick, I wanted to mention here before we move forward. 
You, like a million other people, I do the same thing in the beginning of podcasts. When you hear them reading the ads, you fast forward. Uh, you may do it on my podcast in the first minute. Although some of them are giving you some good deals that you should take advantage of. It's been a lot of good shit that I've talked about with the show, uh, sponsors that I've had. The new one is simplysafe.com slash team. T-E-A-M. If you do that, simplysafe.com slash team. Again, I'm not reading you an ad here. It's going to take 10 seconds. I just don't want you to miss out. Everyone's got those doorbell cameras now. Everyone's getting the security footage, video cameras around their house. Um, simplysafe.com. If you go slash team, free shipping and 60-day free trial. You can try it out. If you don't like it, fuck it. Send it back. Say I don't like it. But just in case you skipped by all the you know the ad talk, and I don't blame you. You want to just get straight to the podcast. I just wanted to give you a heads up. That's all. All right, let's move on. Uh, I want to get this uh, angry Shane out of the way. Didn't like what I had to say about spring training. And then we'll talk a little data and analytics, what it takes to hit the warehouse with a power hitter. And then I want to know, when are you going to grow in your mullet? Come on. We got to support the mullet. All right, get on that. Come on now. All right, Shane didn't say where he's from. Sent in an email to the show. And again, I always appreciate it. I don't care what's on your mind. If you're upset, angry, pissed off, whatever you want to call me, doesn't matter. What matters is you took the time to write into the show, and I appreciate that. Again, his name's Shane. Sounds like he's a big fan of spring training and is very upset, thinking I was insulting spring training. And it just it fascinates me sometimes to see how sensitive people are. <laughs> Seems like a lot going on out there. Uh, he writes, I do enjoy your show, and you do make me laugh. But, and of course, I always say when I read these emails and it starts out with a compliment, most of the time, it's going to be a follow-up of, this is what I have a problem with. And there's a huge butt. Oh, my God. Becky, look at her butt. He says, I have to immensely disagree with your spring training statement on your latest episode. Knowing you're a huge baseball fan, I'm shocked. You would say, who gives a fuck when talking about spring training? Spring training allows new players to try out for roster and position spots and gives established players practice time prior to competitive play. <laughs> Says it gives managers a chance to find out who, blah, 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 blah. All right, look, he, he just goes on and on about why spring training is, is so fascinating and da-da-da-da-da, and, and I think he copy and pasted a lot of this from Wikipedia. Now, again, Shane, thanks for writing in and, and sharing your thoughts and concern. I'll pass it along to the HR department. But first off, I never said who gives a fuck about spring training. Never said that. I have said who gives a fuck about Chris Davis doing well right now. I've also said spring training doesn't confirm shit on how a player or team will do that season. I love spring training. And I said it last episode and the episode before. I was very excited when spring training started because I got to watch baseball on TV. It was fantastic. But I never said who gives a fuck about spring training? Never said it. There's things that I roll my eyes about with spring training. Like when Chris Davis hit a home run and I see people tweet out, oh, he's back. Get the fuck out of here. He's not back yet. <laughs> that bothers me. You look, the Orioles are winning a lot in spring training, which is fun. Again, I've always said, no matter what the situation is, if the Orioles are winning, I'm happy. I'm happy. But spring training stats mean jack Shit. So maybe, Shane, that's what you thought I was saying when I was just basically breaking down a fact 
about how these stats don't mean anything when the agent is trying to get money for their client in baseball. They're not opening the books in February baseball and going, well, look what he did. Doesn't happen like that. (laughs) So I am a big baseball fan. Yes, I am. And I like spring training. But all that other shit about how you're going to compare what a player's doing, forget it. Done. So there you have it. (laughs) In case somebody else out there thinks that I was saying who gives a shit about spring training, it's not not what I said. It's not what I said at all. All right, we're going to move on from angry Shane. And when I get done kicking your ass, I'm going to kick yours. Uh, I got an email from uh, Camden Chat, a guy by the name of C. Kessinger. Very nice gentleman. We emailed back and forth, sent me an article he was working on, and I enjoyed it. And I think you will as well. It's got some uh, cool, fun facts. Definitely broke it down with some data, analytics. So let's get started here. Uh, This guy decided to use StatCast data from the 2019 season to determine the chances a batter has hitting the warehouse. And this guy breaks it down, man. He has a background and current job in data analytics. And when I'm reading this, again, I get reminded quickly, Ken Griffey Jr., obviously, all-star game, home run derby, 1993. Ken Griffey Jr. has the best swing in baseball. You want to argue with me? I'll argue all day. There is not one player who has a better swing than Ken Griffey Jr. And you know why? Because that motherfucker hit the warehouse. Hit the warehouse. He's the only guy that's done it. There's been a trillion power hitters coming through Camden Yards, left-handed, right-handed, whatever it is. Nobody hit the warehouse. Now, I'm not talking about a couple bounces and hitting it. I'm talking about in the air. Boom. Hits the warehouse. No bounce. Ken Griffey Jr., again, I know it was home run derby, but he still did it. And it's not like he's 6'5", 250, pure muscle. It's not like he walks around looking like Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. He just has the best swing that's ever been in baseball. Smoothest swing. He was a beast. He was a freak. So since then, no one has done it. And here's another fun fact in his article that he he wrote that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, When the Orioles came to Camden Yards and they decided to restore the old warehouse, due to the age of the structure and condition, it says with coal dust and and soot coating and and all that good shit, each brick had to be hand-washed. Wait, what did you say? So it would not be damaged from high-pressure washers. Fuck that nonsense. Think about the guy walking into work that morning, finding out what's on his schedule for the day. Hey, going to uh, clean some bricks today. Not bad. Easy day. Then he finds out what the hell he's actually doing. <laughs> Calls his family. Hey, honey, just letting you and the kids know, I won't be home until 1994. <laughs> Poor fucker. At least it was the off season. He wasn't like in 102 degree weather. Up on the warehouse. On a ladder just frying. <laughs> that would suck. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning. I'm just walking over, seeing what the day has for me. Oh, cleaning some bricks. Not bad. (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyway, so over the course of 2019, there are a total of 1,712 plate appearances by left-handed batters. Regardless of team affiliation at Camden Yards, of those 1,712 plate appearances, 104 total home runs were hit by lefties. Of those 104 home runs, only 64 were categorized as pull home runs that landed between right field and right center. Only 6% 
of the plate appearances by lefties resulted in a home run, and of those plate appearances, roughly 3.7% resulted in being pulled. Are you with me, folks? Are you writing this down? I need you to stick with me because we're about to have some fun here. Now, I've discussed it on the podcast before. 2019 was a monster year for home runs, 6,677. Hit during the entire regular season. Now, here we go. Buckle up. Of those home runs, of those 6,677, 2,665 were hit by lefties. Now, when Griffey hit the warehouse during the home run derby, its projected distance was 465 feet. During 2019, only 25 home runs by lefties traveled 460 feet. That means only 0.9% of all home runs by lefties traveled the distance to have a shot at hitting the warehouse. This is what this means. Lefties having a 3.7% chance of hitting a home run and pulling the ball. On top of that, they would have a 0.9% chance of it traveling 460 feet or more. He says this would put the chance of a left-handed batter hitting the warehouse at .02% or 1 in (laughs) 5,000. Odds are against you, my friend. Now, given the data, everything that classifies as pull encompasses all home runs hit to not only right field, but to right center. A 460-foot home run to right center at Camden Yards has no shot of hitting the warehouse. Now, knowing that, the chances obviously are much smaller. Now, he says in the article, his guess would be that a left-handed batter has a 1 in 10,000 or less chance of hitting the warehouse. (laughs) And then he says, the same batter would be more likely to get audited by the IRS or fall to his death than to achieve what Ken Griffey did. And after reading this, Again, it just reminded me what a freak Ken Griffey was and why he has one of the best swings. I like how he ends it. He goes, in my lifetime, I would assume that I will get to see another home run hit the warehouse at Camden Yards, but I would not hold my breath. With the slim chances it will happen, I can mathematically now understand why only one batter, Ken Griffey Jr., was able to have a plaque with his name attached to the warehouse at Camden Yards. The stadium has stood for almost 30 years. He says it could possibly be another 30 years before we see someone hit the warehouse. So I think that was awesome. I mean, he really broke it down. He took the time. I don't know. I didn't think it was that crazy. And these analytics, this data, and all these numbers, and and, listen to me, I sound like a burnout. All these numbers, man. What's all these numbers mean? Just saying, I I didn't know, because, you know, Chris Davis, the guy on his 45, 50 home run year, he was crushing them. Those balls were gone. But how strong he was and how hard he was hitting the ball, playing in those humid uh, uh, nights at Camden Yards. I'm, I'm just shocked he never hit the warehouse. How many chances he got? Ken Griffey only got a few, and he crushed one. Now, I think it was 2013 or 2014. I can't remember. Uh, we were playing the Dodgers. I do remember that. And Chris Davis hit one of the hardest home runs I've ever seen in Camden Yards. I think it was about a foot away from hitting the warehouse. Next time I'm there, I got to walk over and I can't remember how close he came. I thought it was hitting the warehouse for sure. I thought it was going to bust a window when it took off the, when the uh, the ball took off. I thought for sure, holy hell, I'm going to witness somebody else hitting the warehouse, but obviously did not. And, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., the, the chances that he had to hit the warehouse in his career playing in Camden Yards, boy, did he take advantage of it. 
I remember one of my best friends growing up had tickets to the Home Run Derby, Camden Yards. I think he went to the All-Star Game as well. Uh, but <laughs> he was in left field and he wasn't in his seat when Ken Griffey hit the warehouse. He just heard the crowd go crazy. I think he was taking a dump or something. So thanks again for sharing that. C. Kessinger. That's his signature on these articles. I'm going to continue to keep an eye out for him. Appreciate it. Always appreciate anybody reaching out. But that was good stuff. I'm glad I could share that on the show. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Anything you want to share, make it part of the show. Now, Hunter Harvey. I'm a big fan. I love his hair. Everybody loves his hair. I mean, it's only a matter of time before the kids and the wigs and everyone cutting their hair like that throughout Camden Yards. Uh, The better he does. The more success he has as a pitcher on the Orioles. Throwing 97 to 100 miles per hour, those mullets are going to come in real quick. And the other day, he did his first pitch, spring training, 97 miles per hour. (laughs) Oh, boy. Consistently, between 95 and 97 this week, uh, throwing out a couple innings, pretty damn good for a debut. Again, that was on Tuesday. Came in the seventh, pitching a scoreless inning. And then he did the same thing Thursday. One hit, one strikeout, no runs. Uh, nothing has been said about his role, but I'm assuming he will be the closer. Uh, if you didn't know, his dad was an all-star closer in the majors. I did not know that. Can't take credit for that. I read that. But if he continues to uh, be successful and throwing the heat, getting strikeouts, you know, we, we've uh, the Orioles have been struggling with trying to find a closer, obviously, since Zach Britton has left. We were very spoiled with him. And with the pitching Wednesday, LeBlanc, three innings pitched, one hit, one earned run, one um, base on balls, four strikeouts, 52 strikes, 30 balls. So he did well. And that was funny playing the Marlins the other day. Uh, Jonathan VR, he hits a home run. (laughs) Good for him. I liked him. I was sad to see him go. I think I was more sad to see him go than Johnny Scope. I just really enjoyed watching VR play. Uh, By the way, if you didn't hear, reliever Evan Phillips got an MRI on his right elbow this week. Well, there goes the season. (laughs) He appeared in 25 games last year, posted a 6.43 ERA, uh, 1.857 whip. What was that, in 28 innings? He allowed one run in September, 11 strikeouts, 8 innings, not bad. So I'm really counting on the pitching this year. I mean, the offense, it's been there. It's just so many times last year. We had the lead, and the pitching shit the bed. We didn't have a closer, and Hunter Harvey didn't come in until late, and then he came in and just started throwing rockets, striking people out, doing his thing, walking back to the dugout, doing his job. That's what he's supposed to do. Once March 26 hits and the season starts, we will dive headfirst into that shit. But right now, sure, we'll mention every now and then some things that happen. Apparently, Mountcastle had a, uh, a bad throw Saturday. I wasn't watching the game. I've been trying to watch every other game or listen to it on the radio or any chance I get. But I was seeing Mountcastle was trending a little bit with Orioles talk on Twitter about a really bad throw from left field. Look, that's going to happen. But I know the Orioles are doing everything they can to try to figure out where to put Mountcastle in the field. (laughs) He's just got to, he's going to have to hit like 65 home runs, 325 average every year to be able to stay put. Whatever. But I want to thank everybody for reaching out this week. Kevin, Shane, C. Kissinger, 
Kessinger. Kissinger. Oh, I forgot. Sorry, man, if I said your name wrong. Uh, always love hearing from you guys. Again, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. I say it a hundred times on the episode, every episode. Just want you guys to remember I love hearing from everybody. Uh, going to be having some guests coming up in the next couple weeks. Also going to be giving away some shit, some tickets, all that fun stuff. Just to say thank you for tuning in every week. I appreciate it. Season's right around the corner. The episodes will continue to flow out. See what we can do here to get a winning season. <laughs> We're in this together, right? We're in this together. If you're going to opening day, I would love to hear your experience. Was it fun? Did you have a good time? How many Yankee fans were annoying? Because I have a feeling that's going to be a big problem. A big old problem. Although maybe the Yankee fans and the Oriole fans, we can come together a little bit and talk about how the uh, Houston Astros fucked up everything last year. You know, maybe the Yankee fans want to vent a little bit with us and we'll listen to them because we're all in that together, right? We all want to see some shit happen with the Astro players. And as much as I hate seeing people get hit with the ball, I don't know, every now and then I see a clip of an Astro batter getting hit and... As long as they're okay, I got a smile on my face. So, anyway, again, thanks again for reaching out, everybody. Always love hearing from you. Till next time, see you.